Hello, you're listening to Living Alone Together, and I am your only host, Yen. So,、um, today is the first episode where I'm recording、uh, on my new Mac computer. Yay! <laughs> so I'm using this、um, software that's pre-installed in Mac just to try it out. Seems okay. I guess the interface is a little bit fancier than. Audacity, which was the software I used to use,、um, it's called GarageBand. However, the icon for this application is just not very, not very Macy in the sense that it's not very minimalist. It doesn't look good. So I was gonna delete or, yeah, I was gonna、um, delete this program. But then I realized, oh no, I could use it for my podcast. So let's just see if it makes any actual difference、uh, when you guys listen to it. On that note, well, welcome to my podcast. If you're a new listener, and welcome back to my podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much for、um, for always、uh, supporting me by just simply downloading the podcast. I don't know why, but my podcast distributor started this external link for、uh, donation and stuff. I- I'm not intending to. I don't know. It's not something I'm. I want to do at this point. I'm just really trying to express some of my ideas.、Uh, so just yeah, ignore the link for now.、Um, I guess if I have more than I don't know two thousand listeners or ten thousand listeners, I would consider doing that. But otherwise, I just I'm not okay. No donation stuff. All right. You could write to me, however, at living alone together at t u t a. Nota dot com. That is living alone together at tuta nota dot com. So yeah, and then if you want to share any thoughts or just want to chat with me somehow, yeah, you could email me.、Um, now, what is it that I want to talk about today? I I was pretty eager to record this episode because ever since the、uh, disenchantment discussion. Uh, somehow, a lot of ideas just flew in. I didn't even have to take any note. I mean,、um, I just thought everything seemed together very well.、Um, so, I was going to talk about the idea of well, I was going to discuss regret as a as an emotion or as a as a condition.、Um, but then I realized that. A lot of research could be done before I do that because you could do the analytical, like the pure, some sort of pure analysis from first principles of what regret is, which will become quite philosophical. Or you could actually talk about the experimental as- aspect of regret or what psychologists have been doing. I don't know what I'm going to do. I just think, I think the concept of regret is. Well, it's always been very fascinating to me.、Um, last time I sort of touched on this thing, I I think I said something about right. If we if we don't know what we're aiming for, we we can't really say that we regret、um, something, right? So I think that's that's how we. I mean, I got into the topic of regret. So anyway, I I do want to explore this concept a little bit more in the future. Um, it's a topic that not so many philosophers have、um, discussed, I suppose, and、um, that's why I do want to discuss it a little bit more by myself, try to explore it a little bit more. But before that, I got to read a lot of,、um, I guess, literature to just like make it more interesting. So yeah, so today we're not going to talk about、um, regret, but we're going to talk about something. I guess slightly well peripheral to the topic of regret,、um, which is why why is it that sometimes、um, we we enjoy wallowing in our own sadness? <laughs> well, now okay, I, I'm using we, but I'm really talking about myself, and that happened exactly today. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Okay, so so. Well, not just today, but today is one of the days when I do that. When I just、uh, go into an emotional black hole and 
I just treat, I just see everything as being super negative, even though on other days they would be objectively fine. Um, so I do want to talk about this phenomenon. Um, so let me explain a little bit exactly what happened. So nothing particularly bad happened today. It's just that the first thing I, the first message I read this morning at work was my sort of a question uh, that came from my manager, basically about clocking in and out and stuff like that. Like it's so small, it's very tedious, and and then somehow that caused me to have a very bad day. <laughs> well, not ma- not bad day, objectively speaking. But just to feel bad the entire day, and to I pretty much just wallowed in my sadness, or not even not just not sadness, but um, frustration the entire day, and and it just felt really stupid, but at the same time, uh, oddly pleasant, <laughs> oddly pleasant, and even in a way exhilarating. I, 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 that may be too strong a word, but what I mean is. I find it really interesting, and I I bet I'm not the only person who does this. I wonder, yeah, I know I'm not the only person who does this because the just the other day, you know, I have a few friends whom I have a call with from time to time, um, and you know, I have uh, some of them are I would say really drama queens, um, so there's this friend who would, you know, you t- they would talk about what's been going on recently in their lives and uh, in their life and they would say something like oh you know uh, if only i could do if only i could do that this and that then that would happen and i my life would go so so much more smoothly and all that and i would say but yeah and so you could do that and then they would find a bunch of excuses they would say that oh no but under this circumstance or with that reason for that reason i just can't do it and then they were, and then and then I realized, okay, this is a common. I think this is, it is pretty common where people, uh, people would say, you know, you know, they would make a stereotype or a stereotypical sort of remark. They was sorry, they would make a remark that's quite stereotypical, which is to say that oh, when girls com- girls complain, you know, guys, you don't. You don't try to give them advice. You're trying to just listen. They're just they just want you to listen. Um, now, okay, we can uh, take out the gendered aspect of it. I think that is true for probably a lot of people where they're not really seeking your advice by talking to you. They're just they just want a place to release their emotions. But but I think there must be something deeper than that because. Because this kind of thing, <laughs> this kind of thing is, by the way, I have to say I'm sorry that I sound a little bit odd today because I think I have a cold. Um, but yeah, I'm feeling all right. Anyway, so I think there's something more than just lashing out and just um, expressing your your unhappiness to others. I think behind this, you know, wanting others to listen I think everyone secretly just wants to be um, the the drama queen in in some way, um, and or a tra- uh, the, the, the the protagonist of a tragedy or something like that. And I think I wish I'd taken psychoanalysis or something like that. So, but I think behind wanting to be sorry behind this desire to be a drama queen or to be perceived as a drama queen i think people well i think people do this um because they don't in the end want to take on real responsibility i think i suspect i'm not saying that you know i do it as well i just think some people do it more than uh, more than others and i think those who often just not just complain but justify their negative emotions i think these people deep down i suspect there's this um you know um desire to get out of any responsibility whatsoever and um to 
that is the sort of the negative aspect of it. And I think the more constructive or positive aspect of that sort of escapism is really uh, in, an, in, an, in a sense to make, to justify your choices or the lack of um, changing a direction, uh, sorry, the, the um, yeah, the consistency of your choices to justify how constantly you've made this kind of choice um, and that even though you feel bad about it every single time, every, every time you repeat the same mistake, you still continue your mistake because there is a script and you are the drama queen, you are the protagonist of the tragedy and you are really following the script and and so you cannot get out of the script you cannot just rewrite your life or you cannot go a step further or beyond to readjust your direction or your mode of choosing and so you must complain again and again to and you must find the logic behind all of your mistakes and you connect them together so that you can say to another person that, aha, you know, I know my choices have been bad and yet I keep making the same choice again and again, um, not because I really want to, it's because I have to, right? Because if someone's written a script and I'm the uh, dramatic, sorry, the the uh tragedy prince or the drama queen or whatever you want to call him um if that's the case well obviously as the character myself first of all i don't have the power to change the script and second of all i gotta follow i gotta follow whatever's being written in my um in my character for my character i gotta be in character all the time and it just happens that my character is this um, tragedy protagonist or the drama queen that I I seem to be. So, anyway, so that's that's something I've been thinking about. I think because I I have quite a few friends who are like that, and I and I often think, wait a sec, you could have just done that, and you you know all your problems. Why don't you just do? Why don't you just do do the the exact opposite of what you're doing now? Because since you're not you're so unhappy with your choice right now why don't you go the other way and you you even found you even know what is the other way so why don't you just do it right i often i'm so confused by their choices their emotions and their desires and then and then and then eventually i realize ha huh, you know they want to be the drama queen and it's not just be about being the drama queen or being narcissistic or whatever it is it's really about justifying your like in the end they still want to protect themselves they still want to justify what they've been doing but the kind of justification is actually quite um quite witty because it's not a direct justification it's throwing the responsibility to another uh, invisible third party maybe god or someone else and and point to them and say look, there's this God person, there's this other figure um, directing my life and I got to follow it because, and it just happens that the script turns out to be for a tragedy and I'm the um, protagonist in that. So I'm completely helpless and actually the more helpless I am, the better I am at at my job. And so it's a conundrum because I'm so miserable acting this rule and yet I have to do it because it's a sign to me and I even have no power um, of changing whatever it's being written and so even just at this moment complaining to you this is even part of the script so there's nothing I can change nothing I can do in fact I'm doing a great job by not changing anything by being and by consistently performing um, my my work and by consistently being this tragic figure, and so that's that's currently what I sort of can can analyze about these people. Now, how did I came to how did I come to this conclusion? Well, actually, just today, <laughs> let me take a sip of water. 
yeah. So what's going on today is that like, you know what happened today was you know I just completely wallowed in my my I don't know some vague kind of sadness, and um, and and now I think now when I think of it, it's completely unreasonable, and um, and yet well I was in it well I was. Sucked by the negative energy, I, I was just so in into it. I was so, I just, you know, I I had the desire to just go, <laughs> to just find every single colleague I can find who's free, and to just to tell them what this is all about, and um, you know, just to just to just to share all of my negative th- thoughts with them. And and then you know even the things that usually are fine to me, fine by me, be- became quite annoying. And I feel like I could almost sense my active effort to turn neutral things into bad things today. And um and then I think it was in the evening, which is after a long day. You know, I I sort of step back and then look at my situation and find how absurd it is and how just ridiculous it is <laughs> that I feel so bad today for almost no reason. There, it started with, as I said, a tiny tiny thing with my manager and、uh, and objectively thinking it's not it's not worth this kind of negativity or fussing over, but I still do and um. And I realize that I this happens quite often. I mean, this is not a one-time thing where I just like there's one bad day. It, it's like it's not just a regular bad day. It's where I I not I'm not just not happy. I I'm even a little bit. I I even enjoy this a little bit, <laughs> so and and that enjoyment, that enjoyment is what I want to talk, what I want to talk about today, about you know how why do we why do we do this over and over again? Why there must be something、um, pleasant in feeling negative about things. Now that sounds like a what is it oxymoron?、Uh, sounds very ironic, but. But then I just clicked、uh, t- today. I just thought, yes, this is it. This is the thing that's fundamentally part of our human condition that we don't really talk about、um, that much in in real life. So, well, all right. <laughs> so where should I start? I mean, I've started. <laughs> I just want to talk about this a little bit. So, so let me be precise、um, with what I'm talking about. So, obviously, there are just some moments where you don't feel good, and and these could be very pure in the sense that you just feel bad about something. Or, for example, if you if you break your ball or you hurt someone physically, something like that. Well, it's very clear why you're feeling bad.、Um, you did something that, well. Made things not so good, <laughs> and 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 so there's nothing too too much to analyze behind your feeling. However, when we're talking about sort of wallowing in this this sadness for the entire day, and you know just finding every excuse to to blame every single thing that happened that day, and finding fault in every single tiny thing that occurred in that day, um. That is a whole different, a whole another different level of um, of escapism or of feeling bad than the uh hurting someone physically um feeling bad. And I I think I find that very interesting. The kind of second long term or like the more intense type of emotion. Um, when I was when I was younger, when I was a student, maybe in middle school or high school. Yeah, when when you were a teenager, I suppose that's when this kind of wallowing、uh, appeared much, uh, very often, the most often, or when everything started. It's where you become melodramatic, or you, uh, you start writing journals, you start 
blogging or you start having these secret groups with your friends or you started this yeah this social media thing or whatever it is i think teen teenagers um are those who that's the first stage where this this um strong kind of emotions occur and um where you know that even though it seems like it's a unpleasant sorry a negative emotion or negative thought in a way you know that you you know that you slightly enjoy right you secretly enjoy having this emotion and and yet you know when you're a teenager or at least when i was a teenager i um you know when people point that out to me they say look you're not actually sad you just want to feel that you're special or that um you just want attention you just want to be a drama queen i i would say that's not completely true although at the time when you hear that kind of comment you can only just uh fight back or something like that and you and yet you cannot really tell what is wrong about that comment because because um if if the situation is yes i just want attention or i just want to feel special then the emotion would be a really hollow one it would be unsustainable and and i suppose yeah there are some people or sometimes when this kind of sadness or this kind of um feeling bad really is just about getting attention or wanting some sort of love right but i think there's another kind of wallowing that is much more complicated than that which is a thing related to the drama queen kind of thing i was talking about which is the kind of negativity that contains some sort of pleasure now that's that's hardcore isn't it <laughs> i i i mean i bet some of you know what i'm talking about where you feel bad and yet you feel good it's like It's exactly like having a cold where you feel so sleepy and and obviously you're not in your normal state of mind. You're not normal, you're not healthy. But at the same time, there's this moment where it just feels very sleepy. It just feels a little bit cozy even. And I'm talking about that kind of thing. I'm talking about how in some like uh occasionally when you really uh just sink into your emotion uh you go b- into a sort of downward spi- spiral or, or of some sort where you just get stuck uh sucked by your you're you just sucked by your your black wholeness is that even a sentence <laughs> anyway i'm saying that there are just times when you just don't want to get out and it's not because you are actually depressed uh in the medical sense of the word depressed it's not just it's not really that it's really that secretly you enjoy it you love being that and and you enjoy it not because you get attention and i th- and that's what i want to distinguish obviously maybe there could be some external factors like wanting attention but i'm t- i wanted to explore a little bit the internal state of mind when you are at the same time uh, highly um highly unhappy sorry yeah highly unhappy is that is that even <laughs> right to say anyway when you are unhappy and yet pleasant at the same time right and i think that's an interesting thing um i realized just today that actually i do that quite often and yet yeah and i'm not really aware of that right what do why is it that we could be deeply unhappy and still secretly enjoy being unhappy and Where, and and it has nothing to do with wanting attention it's an internally satisfying feeling right i don't know i think there must be something right i mean that could be that's not contradictory is it i think you could be unhappy and you could think that the world is just unjust and all of that and yet in thinking that you also get a sense of like there's this kicking side where it's sort of just pure pleasure associated with this state of mind at least i do experience that quite often so so today um because i was so upset and everything um i looked up satur 
the existential philosopher who won a Nobel Prize, of course. Um, and and I remember that back in the days we used to learn about existentialism, and there is this unit on bad faith, and I think it explains a lot <laughs> of this phenomenon where one feels. Unsatisfied. Sorry, one feels deeply unhappy and yet slightly satisfied, slightly uh, find and finds it a little bit pleasure, as pleasant, and enjoys wallowing in their own um, sort of negative emotion, right? And I think bad faith is something really, really close to this phenomenon. So that's when I can relax and read a little bit what bad faith is. All right. So bad faith. Um, I th- suppose um, in in French it's mauvais foi. Uh, in English I would say well I'm reading from Oxford Reference. All right. Oxford Reference says that bad faith is a form of self de- deception and avoidance of one's freedom. Okay. Um. Let me continue. French existentialist philosophers Jean-Paul Sartre and Simone de Beauvoir used this term in subtly different ways to account for what they saw as the inauthenticity inherent in modern life, by which they meant the individual subject's uh, failure to grasp the truth of their situation in late capitalism. All right. So that is to say, if bad faith can be thought of、um, as a lie to oneself, it should not be thought of as a form of lying because the liar in this case is not in possession of the truth. Okay,、um, the point is that bad faith, bad faith, as Sartre wants it understood,、uh, refers to the way one acts with regard to one's own self and not with regard. To others, so here it's trying to clarify that bad faith is a sort of lie, but it's not lying to other people.、Uh, for example,、um, oh, I feel terrible, and secretly I just want your attention. That's not the kind of bad faith. Okay, it's they're talking about、um, you don't even know who you are. You cannot, and therefore you you're not authentic. And you can only treat yourself as some sort of character. You're not acting in line with your own、uh, true self or your own、um, desires, because you don't really know your own desire or what you want to be or who you are. Okay, that's a kind of a bad faith. That very briefly, what they're talking about. Okay.、Um, another、um, another website says. Uh, bad faith is essentially inauthenticity for John Paul Sartre. He thinks of bad faith as an attempt to evade the responsibility of discovering and understanding one's authentic self.、Um, bad faith is thereby an attempt to escape the freedom that Sartre believes is an inherent feature of our lives. Okay. Um, so so yeah okay I I read about we well I read about bad faith quite a long time ago、um, in in undergrad and、um, I really like the session because it's really well you could just see it everywhere right and two examples so so far what what we can say about bad faith is that it involves someone who doesn't know too much about themselves they don't really know who they are or what they want. And so they sort of act out their life according to some imagined script, and they are being inauthentic in that what they're doing is not aligned with what who they really are, and so they're really performing a lie、um, about themselves. And yet the sad thing is they don't、um, at the core they don't know who they are. I think that's what. I think I can summarize bad faith like that, and so,、um, so now we can move on to the concrete examples of bad faith. I, I really like this example. I could, I, I think I can remember it for years to come. So the first example is the famous cafe waiter example. Okay, who who is now displaying bad faith? Okay, let's see what this cafe waiter does. He says that. 
Um, his movements and conversation are a little too waiter-esque. His voice oozes with an eagerness to please. He carries food rigidly and ostentatiously. His movement is quick and forward, a little, too, a little too precise, a little too rapid. His exaggerated behavior illustrates that he is play-acting as a waiter, as an object in the world, an ultimatum whose essence is to be a waiter. But that he is obviously acting belies that he is aware that he is not、um, merely a waiter, but is rather, rather consciously deceiving himself. So I really like this example, right? So the example is just you could, it doesn't have to be a waiter. It's just whenever we, I suppose, whenever we imagine when we act out a rule that we imagine to be a certain way,、uh, well, we are not even that person, right? So you sort of,、uh, for example, let's say you are. You're actually a doctor, and you play out the doctor rule by being too doctor-esque, right? You imagine that doctors work a certain way; they have a certain, there are certain, certain stereotypes associated with being a doctor, etc., etc. And so you, you act out yourself that way, and yet. You're deceiving yourself because, first of all, you you you're not that person, and、um, you are by living a script. You are making yourself into a rigid character, which is completely the opposite of being a person, a human being, in Sutter's sense of that word. So, so I think that example is pretty clear. Now, another interesting example of.、Um, Uh, by the way, I think this relates to Sartre's concept of facticity, which is where, you know, you let's say in layman's term, you rigidify yourself. <laughs> That's not layman's term,、um, right? Facticity. I feel like it's pretty self-explanatory. Explanatory. Explanatory. You are basically not fluid, right? You are、uh, treating yourself as some character on paper, and you. Sort of when you see yourself as a as a third person, it seems very ridiculous what you're doing. You know why are you acting out like a, a, a、um, like a cafe waiter, but you're still doing it and sort of you're embracing the facticity and stuff. Anyway, I'm not sure about this anymore because it, it's been a long time. Okay, let's look at another example and then we go back to why am I lecturing? <laughs> anyway, so. So another example is that of a of a lady. Let's see what this、uh, lady does. Okay. So this is oh by the way, this is from Wikipedia. It says it involves a young woman on a first date. She ignores the obvious sexual implications of her date's compliments to her physical appearance, but accepts them instead as words directed at her as a human consciousness. As he takes her hand, she lets it rest indifferently in his, neither consenting nor resisting. A thing, okay, refusing either to return the gesture or to rebuke it.、Um, thus, sh- she delays the moment she m- when she must choose to acknowledge and reject his advances or consent to them. She conveniently considers her hand only. A thing in the world, and his compliments as unrelated to her body, playing on her dual human reality as a physical being and as a consciousness separate f- and free from this physicality. So I think this example is much more directly related to the idea of the、uh, facticity thing, where you. Basically, you know, this man puts his hand on this lady, trying to. Advance, make make some advance, right?、Um, and yet this lady doesn't do anything about it. She doesn't hold his hand. She doesn't turn her hand around and hold his hand. Nor does she take her hand away. And she just leaves it like that. She doesn't really say yes or no.、Um, and she's treating her body as something separate from herself. And so she's unresponsive to what's going on in the environment. And 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 so both of these examples, I suppose. Are、um, are related to bad faith in that you are not really embracing your freedom to choose, right? You are 
leaving. So so in the cafe waiter case, you are, um. You're relying on an invisible script. You suppose that waiters have a certain look, certain gesture, and so you just follow this the script in your mind um, without any other evidence, and and yet, um, and you don't do anything about it, and you and yet you know you're not that waiter, and in a way you are completely alienated from the person you're portraying, right? And the other one is the lover like the first date scenario again you're not making any decision you just leave your hand there and you don't do anything about it so that's in a way being very irresponsible right let me take a sip of water all right so yeah so i i was reading this um brief introduction to bad faith and i was thinking you know what i think when i wallowing my sadness what i'm doing in a way, is exactly this. I am being inauthentic, and I am trying to escape my sort of a, my ability to choose. I'm trying to escape my own freedom to make a real decision, and instead, I just try to interpret everything as being against me. The whole world is just like being unjust, and I am just this victim <laughs> of the universe and today everything is is against me and no, and so on and so forth and so i think i think um let's say i think it's closely related to bad faith don't you think um i think yeah i think when we do that when we treat ourselves as the tragic hero, or not even the hero, just like a tragic character, um, deep down we enjoy it because it sort of gives us, I suppose, two paths, right? It gives us two characters at the same time because if we use maybe Sutter's theory or we just start from scratch, there is one character who is your true authentic self who is... Um, who knows deep down that you will be fine, that you are not, your life isn't going to be so tragic, that there's going to be one way out, right? That's the more authentic self, but the, the self that is your shell, that self is the one who is feeling sad, feeling bad about themselves. Now, that one um, is very concrete at the moment because it seems to have a script and it's actually being like the entire story is being written out um and so we enjoy this kind of state of mind because we enjoy this kind yeah we we enjoy this state of mind because because in a way our tragic character protects our true authentic self well not i'm not talking about satyr anymore or i'm not trying to use his theory anymore but i think in a way by sort of separating our authentic self from the bad faith self, we we ensure that the authentic self will never get hurt. Huh. I think that's a key word. I think when we do that, when when the day when you know, when the wallowing day comes, <laughs> I think what is going on is that we are protecting ourselves from proceeding too quickly um in our decisions or we're trying to stop ourselves from making a like we're trying to like stop and see what's available um and so in order to do that we gotta we gotta check right we gotta see hold on a sec look i know you want to do a you want to attempt a but um you know we you want to make this change it's not even about attempting something you you want to make some change um and yet i i wonder if you will get hurt on your way so let's just cool down a little bit by reminding ourselves how you know how how hopeless you could be and how um yeah, and so I think that's when that's why this kind of emotion for a person who's not psychiatrically depressed, I think that's why this kind of emotion doesn't come every single day. 
because you're not going to be able to pretend anymore that you're actually very sad. Where deep down, you know, you're going to be fine, right? So I think this kind of emotional, it, it, this kind of emotion or state of mind, at least to me, is a balance check or is like a mechanism to make sure that I don't go too quickly and I don't that I don't get hurt. I think so. I is it confusing so far? No, I think it makes sense, right? So if we buy into the bad faith theory, where we sort of really am, sorry, we really are separating our true self from the facticity or the rigid character that we are portraying. If we buy into that separation, if we think that's possible, I suppose that. Of course, Sartre is not going to agree with this, but I think what Sartre means is that, oh no, this true self, the one you should be, really be that one,、um, is just escaping their responsibility. They just don't want to choose. They just don't want to make a decision. Therefore, they are just going to follow some, some imagined script, right? I think that's his version of the thing. But I think that could be right. But on the other hand, it's sort of like getting a cold or. Once in a while, I think it's sort of a balance, like a way to balance out your your decisions and stuff, right? Before you actually keep moving forward,、um, I think nature has a way to. Well, if nature has a way to to make sure that you're not you're protected before you go forward by giving you a cold or something, right? Reminding you that hey, hey, you could get sick. I think. Deep down, psychologically speaking, there's probably that mechanism that that is helping us with this. I don't know. I don't know if I should go the psychology route, but I think I think that's what what's going on with me. So and so,、um, at least I think that proves that I'm not actually depressed. <laughs> I'm not. I'm pretty much mentally healthy. Uh, because this kind of thing doesn't happen every single day. I think a depressed person. Uh, is depressed in the sense that this used what used to be just a sort of checking mechanism becomes a daily thing, right? And then they never get out of this emotion. Whereas us, I mean, if you're not depressed, if you are just well, you're not depressed, <laughs> then this kind of one day huge emotion、uh, wave comes. I think mostly. Well, it's natural and it's unpredictable,、um, and it comes because once in a while you gotta make sure you you haven't lost your protection. You haven't lost your protection.、Um, you haven't, let's say, forgotten to bring your protection on the way. Okay, that sounds very weird, but <laughs> what I mean is that you remember, like, you gotta. Yeah, you can move forward. You can make some changes. You could be brave, but at the same time. You gotta realize that you are also someone who who could get sick, who could get injured in some way, and therefore you gotta practice the whole day of feeling bad, and you gotta remember that you know this is an abnormal state, and you should keep your true authentic self、uh, in check. You should make sure that it doesn't go, it doesn't get hurt so easily, so quickly, right? I don't know. Somehow it becomes this theory. I was I was gonna agree with Sutter all the way through, but then I realized, you know what? This is sort of like having a cold, exactly, right? I think it's impossible for someone to never have a cold in their entire life.、Uh, let me get another sip of water because I do have a cold. <laughs> hmm. All right. So yeah. Okay. Now. Let me take a little break because I'm looking at this new、um, app on Mac computer, and、um, it's a bit strange. It doesn't tell me how many minutes I've been recording. It just shows the seconds. So I gotta convert the, the the minute by myself. I suppose I can set it later, but I just because I really want to get into this recording ASAP. So I didn't do any change to it、uh, immediately. But it looks like. It's um, it's a much fancier um interface than Audacity, um, and yet the icon is just a bit ugly. Anyway, <laughs> right. So yeah, so that's my 
kind of a theory of why we wallow in our sadness、uh, occasionally. I think in the end, it's probably not a bad thing.、Um, and of course, I could just be talking about one sort of people. I think obviously there are people who are doing this for actual attention seeking, or people who are actually depressed. They do that every single day without their decision to do it.、Um, but I think personally, I do it. I mean, this happens to me, and it's quite enjoyable because.、Um, Because you protect your true self and you allow that true self to just play,、uh, well, on the surface you're deeply unhappy,、um, and on a more shallow level, I suppose that's the day where you're like, fine, you know, I don't care, I don't give a shit, I don't give a fuck, <laughs> I'm just gonna complain and complain and lash it all out, and that's when you don't have to be good or you don't have to keep yourself in check anymore. You just, you know, you just. You're just gonna play out the big complainer rule, and that's that, right? So that's why I think it's、um, also very enjoyable when that happens.、Um, so yeah. Anyway, that's what I've been thinking about today, and that's why I really wanted to record this episode. And it says that I'm at about twenty three minutes in.、Um, that's not good enough. <laughs> well, anyway, I think so. So yeah, I think、um, now we were talking about the issue of regret and what it could entail and all that. I think it's a really interesting topic, and I don't know if I want to get really seriously philosophical about this. I, I'm reading a book about regret so far,、um, yet it's a bit difficult. It's really analytical, so I think I need more time to. To absorb the information there, and and yeah, I, I'm gonna do it because I want to do like a whole, like a over, like interconnected episodes where I talk about like a whole big thing. Although I'm not sure what that thing would be yet. I think it started with the disenchantment idea. I really like that concept, um, because it makes so much sense to me. Um, yeah. In any case, um. One last thing. So today is November eleventh, which is to say Singles Day.、Um, it's a huge thing here, I guess, in Taiwan because it's really just shopping day, where a lot of things are on discount.、Um, and yet, a lot of、uh, I guess international websites have been sending newsletters to me reminding me that it's Singles Day, and that you gotta. Buy a few stuff, so I suppose it's becoming a global trend where we just just get discount on single stay. So I don't know. Did you guys buy anything interesting? Who knows? <laughs> I personally, I think my Mac desktop counts as the single stay purchase.、Um, and so far, I'm still adjusting to the new keyboard shortcuts. I think that's the most difficult thing.、Um, otherwise. I would say it is it is alright,、um, but the very fact that I can leave my work computer at work is just worth it. Okay, it's completely worth it, and also that I have a really it's really compact. That's also what I like about the computer. I、uh, it doesn't even it seems like it's not it, it doesn't even exist <laughs> at all in a way, right? So it's pretty cool.、Um, that said, I would say that.、Um, That what what you call it? Yeah, I would say that Linux system is still sometimes it feels much a little bit lighter than Mac. I don't know. I'm gonna see how this、uh, recording goes and see how uploading and all that、uh, is faster or not. And、um, if it is, I don't know. I just feel good. <laughs> another thing I want to talk about, or another thing I bought, is a USB Type C.、Uh, Adapter connector and all that, because I tried it out.、Um, uh, I I borrowed my friend's、um, charger. It was just so fast, and that's what they call rapid charging,、uh, isn't it? <laughs> so it's kind of amazing how fast it was, and I realized how much time I I lost in the past by not using this kind of rapid charger. So yeah, I bought myself one of those. So I feel like it's great.、Uh, on the other hand, I gave up on. The road bike thing, because, well, you know, I was criticizing. Sorry, I was saying how 
you know, I was talking about bad faith. You know, I'm a completely inauthentic person, right? I was gonna buy the road bike because I was thinking that I want to be. Oh, this is how this thing plays in my daily life all the time, right? This bad faith idea and the idea of、uh, inauthenticity. Okay, so basically, the road bike to me is kind of a. It's kind. It's not really just for the actual function. It portrays me as a person who is like healthy, who's who is not particularly outdoorsy, but does a lot of sports or something like that. I, I don't want to be portrayed as a sporty person, but I do want to be seen as somehow someone who, uh, you know, a girl who is interested in this kind of thing, right? I want to be portrayed as because I think this is not entirely. I think still more men participate in this than women. I'm not sure. In any case, that's something I think is associated with my desire to get a road bike, and I'm com- being completely inauthentic about the whole thing. So, um, um, yeah. Anyway, I suppose that's good that it, I didn't spend the money because I use it for Mac, and Mac is more attractive to me.、Um, I'm at the stage in my life where. It's just, I'm just looking forward. I I just want a lot of glittery stuff. Mac is one of those, and I just want things that shine <laughs> internally or externally. Other any, well, it doesn't matter. What the thing is, I don't know. Okay, I'm gonna go into my character now, but I just feel a, like a eternal background gloominess in my life right now, <laughs> and therefore I really do need something shiny physically. Um and yeah, so we'll see what happens. If there's anything else I could purchase just for fun, I realize that um I I think most of my money is well spent. So why not just spend more, right? Anyway, <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. I think it's time, it's bedtime for me. So I don't care how many seconds I've been recording. I don't really know, but I think. This is not. This is enough for today. All right. So, yeah. Have a.、Uh, we're gonna come back to this. I want to complete this whole exploration of disenchantment and regret, and maybe not the next episode. We'll see what happens the next episode. But I do want to talk about it, and it's not gonna be too scholarly or anything. I hope. I hope it's gonna be an interesting discussion. So, yeah. Um. Have a nice evening, whatever, and、uh, see you next week. Bye bye.